Hi, I'm Amia. And I'm Amina. And this is a special National Inclusion Week edition of the Bits of Beds podcast. Where you can find out everything you need to know about how we're making Bedfordshire an inclusive place for everyone. In this episode, we'll be catching up with a range of incredible and insightful guests, including students who will be sharing their experiences at the university and staff who are putting the work in to ensure that our university is a welcoming environment for all. Now, before we get started, for those of you who don't know, National Inclusion Week is a time dedicated to celebrating inclusion and taking action to create inclusive spaces. Inclusion touches on many different areas, but mainly consists of ensuring that everyone, no matter their race, gender, sexual orientation, and faith, feels welcome, accepted, and supported in their studies and work, as well as celebrating the things that makes us all unique. We're now going to chat to some of our graduates who came to study at the University of Bedfordshire about how they were supported during their time at university and the things they've done to promote inclusion. And now we're talking to another one of our fantastic graduates who graduated from the university in 2015. Richard Saki Addo is now working to championing diversity and inclusion within tennis. Hi, Richard. Hi, everyone. How are we doing? We're good. How are you? Good. Good, thank you. So let's just start off by telling our listeners a bit about yourself. Yeah, so hi, I'm Richard. I'm from South London uh, and still live in South London, actually. Uh, so as you said, I, I went to UOB, uh, graduated with a, um, an undergrad in sport and exercise science back in 2014 and then uh, did my master's in sports performance in 2015. Um, and since then, I've gone on to work um, in international tennis. So I was working for the International Tennis Federation. Uh, when I left university, um, so they are the the worldwide governing body for tennis. Uh, and then after two and a half years working for them, uh, I came into my current role, working in um, integrity in professional tennis. Uh, so the International Tennis Integrity Agency. Okay, so let's go back to uni life. What was your experience like at the university? I really enjoyed it. Having spent four years there, I mean, at the time, four years felt like a long time. But looking back now. Um, so I'm really grateful to, to UOB for some really good lifelong friends I've had since there. Some of my closest friends to this day, uh, we met at, at uni. Um, I've played uh, tennis at uni as well in, in the Bucks competition. So it was really great being able to play at different unis across the country. And then um, obviously what I learned from my course has served me well in, in my career so far. And I'm still applying some of the things learned from my course um, today and then still really thankful to, to serve a really good relationship with the uni and, and some of the old lecturers um, in terms of trying to give back to the uni where I can and trying to help uh, advise some some current students as they're on their journey just with some things that work for me. And during your time here, did you feel included and supported? Yeah, I think I did. As I mentioned, the, the staff uh, were really helpful in my experience um, so that with UOB, particularly with, with the sports courses, we're, we're a smaller campus up in Bedford. So I think that really served me well because you don't feel like you're just part of a massive institution where you kind of lost and no one knows who you are. You're able to, well, I was able to, to develop some really good relationships with like a dissertation lecturers and some other lecturers that you have. Um, I think from second year asking like, look, I want to start trying to get some, some work experience in, in the performance side of sport and 
um, lecturers being able to provide some contacts that they knew who either had gone through the uni that I could talk to and had similar experiences or um, you kind of realize as you, as you get older and go through life, um, lots of things in a lot of cases is kind of who you know. So um, that, that gave me a really good grounding in the importance of um, making connections, building networks, um, leaving lasting impressions as well. Um, some of the, the sort of professional relationships I developed whilst I was at uni, I still have to this day and I still use um, in my day-to-day -day work. Um, so you can never kind of put too much of a, of a, of a price on, on how, how beneficial that can be for you. So, so talking about um, having friends and other things that were helpful to you, what advice would you give to other students to help them feel included at the uni? I think have a have a go at, at new things um put yourself outside of your comfort zone um try new hobbies new skills but then also just the people you meet as well um uni is a great place for that particularly bedfordshire it's such a diverse uni um as i mentioned some of my closest friends to this day are from uni and, and kind of on paper back in the day we went we might not have kind of been been in a part of the same social circles in school or anything like that or you know have similar things and interests um to, to make us be friends but you kind of have shared experiences of either um sharing lectures together or being on the same teams or just having a common friend mutual friends um so that's that's for me was a really big thing um about kind of trying new things and putting yourself out there is is the people that you can meet you never know who can become a, a, a lifelong friend or a really good support for you to help you mm. so um can you tell us how you're creating this inclusive spaces in tennis and what inspired the tennis blacklist? Yeah, so as I mentioned, um, this year I became the, the co-founder of the tennis blacklist. Um, so we're essentially following the example of the football blacklist, which was set up in 2008, um, and the, the rugby blacklist as well, which launched earlier this year. And basically what we're trying to do, or what we the, the blacklist do in, in, in our respective sports is we shine a light on on role models from the black community within our respective sports. Um, so, um, particularly in tennis, um, there's lots of perceptions about the sport. And I go back a long way about how open is it really, and and who is it for, and who has accessibility to it. So, we wanted to find a way to kind of expand that network, bring people together, and encourage more more black people into tennis and realize, hey, this is a sport for you. There is a space for you here. And as I say, kind of be able to to encourage new people um, into the sport, to, to mentor or new people uh, who might need a bit of a leg up getting into the industry and, and yeah, just make it a more open sport um, for our community. Um, off, off the back of um, the tennis blacklist as well, um, myself and, and Amory, my co-founder and, and lots of other people involved in the, the diversity and inclusion space in tennis, particularly in uh, to do with ethnic minorities were invited with the LTA to to 10 Downing Street in July um, to have with, uh, a round table with one of the Prime Minister's special advisors. So that was just an incredible morning just hearing some really inspirational stories from people all over the country doing doing some fantastic work to try and encourage more ethnic minorities into tennis and into sport in general. Thank you, Richard. Very inspiring, very informative. Keep up the good work, Richard. Thank you. Thanks for joining us, Richard. Thank you. For catching up with George Barnard, 
who only recently graduated from the university after studying football coaching. Hi George. Hello, how are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, I'm very good, thank you. So just for some of our listeners, can you tell us a bit about yourself? So, like I said, my name's George. Um, I, and like you also said, I've just graduated football coaching. Um, I've got cerebral palsy, so I'm in a wheelchair mobility scooter. I've also got quite severe dyslexia. So um, the support the university has given me has um, definitely been a massive help in my journey from a foundation year student to a third year student. So where did you go to get support at the university and what kind of support was this? Uh, student support was a massive help. Um, they were based at the Bedford campus and they helped more than I could say, not just in terms of class support, but um, mentally I struggled a lot of my time there. Uh, and they were always there for a chat. So in terms of the major support networks, they were massive for me. And did the support you received change over the three years while you were at the university? Not really. I mean, I, I turned up on my first day, uh, spoke to someone uh, in the department, and the, the care and kind of consideration, it continued from there, really. It didn't really let, let up. And can you remember one bit of specific support that really made a difference for you? Uh, for me, it's definitely, so if I'm stressed or uh, down or whatever, it's talking to someone. So whenever I went in, there would be the person that was my support worker uh, or not. There was definitely someone there all the time to speak to if I needed to. And what advice do you have for other disabled students um, about studying at Bedfordshire? I would say if you're going to live there, it can take some adjustment because I live there and I was there for four years, including a foundation degree. And it can take a while to get used to it. Once you get used to it, it, it becomes second nature really. So I wouldn't give it too much thought, disabled or not. What do you think the hardest adjustment was for you about living out? Uh, basically being independent. Um, I've lived at home my entire life um, and I'm back home now because obviously I finished university. Um, and it's doing the little things, so it's going shopping, it's, do, it's cleaning, it's tidying, it's cooking, it's, it's those kind of things that I've never had to do before. And over time, they obviously improved, and by the end of it, I was quite happy and quite confident in living by myself. But for the first few months, it was, it, it was a challenge, put it that way. You did mention that you studied at the Bedford campus. How was that like for you? What was the support given to you there? Uh, the Bedford campus was good because it was quite small. So for me in a mobility scooter, it was easy to get around. Even even in my wheelchair, that wasn't often I'd be in that. But even that given time, I can get around anywhere. I've seen bigger university campuses and I've been there in my chair. And it was um, it was a challenge to say the least. So having a small campus was definitely a big help. And do you feel like beds gave you that community feel so you didn't feel like isolated from everyone else? Definitely in my third year because uh, two of my years were COVID years, so it was very kind of isolated online learning. Um, but I actually joined the football team as a coach uh, in my third year uh, to the reserves, and that gave me a sense of kind of, it, it was a group that you could call, not that I had no friends, but it was, it gave you the ability to be part of something bigger than just academic stuff. Mm. And what other stuff were you involved in? Uh, in terms of curricular stuff at the university, that was about it because I'm very, very into my football. So it would literally be doing my own YouTube channel or podcast about football and then going to games to record videos for my YouTube channel. And then it would be obviously studying and then coaching. So 
there, there wasn't a lot of spare time put it that way. You obviously had a great time studying, right? No, then having extracurricular activities to do. No, I did. I mean, I'm very, I'm very happy when I'm busy. Not flat out busy, but when I've got the majority of my days taken up. If I'm left to my own devices for a while, it can get quite tough in my head. So the more busy I am, the better it feels. Well, we've definitely enjoyed having you. Thank you so much for your insight. Yeah, you've been very helpful and it was lovely having a talk with you. Well, that's all we've got time for on today's special episode of the Beats of Bed podcast. We hope you found it informative and have learned a lot about the inclusive efforts we're making at the university. To discover more about National Inclusion Week at BEDS, go online and visit beds.ac.uk where you'll be able to find out more about our inclusion events on campus. Thanks for listening. A special shout out to our guests, producers and the Radio Lab studios here at the University of Bedfordshire. For more useful content and insider information about studying with the University of Bedfordshire, take a listen to our other episodes of Beats of Bets wherever you get your podcasts. Bye.